0: Good morning, Slate Church. It's Easter Sunday. We made it. Um, My name is David Klumpfass. I'm a part of our studio team. I'm joined by... And
1: my name is Candace Mares, and I'm part of our worship team here at Slate Church. We are so excited that you have chosen to join us this Easter Sunday. He is risen...
0: He is risen indeed.
1: Okay. Now, for some people, some people in the chat are like, I have no idea what just happened. I don't know what I just joined here. But there's this thing at church where people say, he is risen, and the response is, he is, he is risen, risen indeed. indeed. So, we'll try that again. He is risen.
0: He is risen indeed. What, Love uh, it. Let's stop one more time, one more time. For the chat, can we have somebody on host team just write, he is risen, and then everyone else is going to do, he is risen indeed. We'll do this. Try, try it in the chat. This is going to be messy. So... Kim on host team, I want you to say, He I is risen it. in line with Candace and I saying it. And then everybody else, He is risen indeed. Let's try this. Okay, three, two, two one. one. He, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Okay, well, look at all of these comments flooding in the chat. That is beautiful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we
1: have a great time ahead of us in church. But before we get started, I learned a random Easter fact today that I wanted to share with everyone. What's so the fact? I want everyone to also throw what they think the answer is in the chat okay so italians created the pretzel um the pr- hun- italians
0: yeah not germans italians I-
1: listen this is a, this, this is, is the, the most <laughs> disappointed i've been
0: in a very long <laughs> this time is the
1: fact, as i have learned it italians created the pretzel hundreds of years ago and it was created to symbolize this christian thing now guess what the christian thing is it's very random i was surprised myself It's kind of Easter related. It's really like church, Um, being part of being a Christian related.
0: Worshiping hands. A dove. Maybe it's like a dove flying.
1: You were closer with worshiping hands. I want to see in the chat. What do you think it is? Hands. Okay. Here's the answer. It is um, arms crossed in prayer. Oh, wow. Random fact of the day. So next time you see a pretzel, you can think of Easter and arms crossed in prayer.
0: Wow. Random Easter fact uh, of the day. And then eat that pretzel, (laughs) thinking about arms crossed in prayer.
1: Okay, speaking of Easter, David, I want to hear what your favorite Easter memory is. And we also want to hear it in the chat. Throw, you know, your one or two liners of what your favorite Easter memory is.
0: Yeah, I'll go first as people think about what their favorite Easter memories is. To be honest, I'm thinking about this right now. I think two things uh, that happened Easter morning in the Clumfest household growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, One was an Easter egg hunt. Uh, for our baskets and they would always be hidden in like the stupidest places like behind like a plant but for some reason it would take like five minutes to find it yeah um but finding that easter uh, basket was uh exceptionally exciting um second thing is decorating easter eggs i don't know if anybody else does this you get a little watercolor action happening you put a little wax on the egg you dip it and then i would always just overdo it and it would, like, turn out beautiful, and I'd be like, well, what if I add a little bit of green to that? And then very quickly, it would just turn to this, like, muddled, purplish-brown. Yeah. And uh, then I would crack that egg and eat it. What about you, Candace?
1: So my favorite Easter memory is actually just surrounded by uh, friends and family. So about so 25 years ago, <laughs> my family joined a, essentially a connect group, and all of these families that joined the connect group became really, really close friends to the point where we now spend most major holidays together. Outside of COVID, obviously. So, hey, join a connect group. You never know. In 25 years, they may be the closest people in your life.
0: 25 years. Let's drop a link for a connect group right now in the chat. There you go. We want to see that link for connect groups in the chat.
1: Yeah, but my favorite Easter memory is every Good Friday, we go over to the same people's houses, and we have this, like, great Easter potluck, and there is also an Easter egg hunt on the lawn um, but okay, so I'm in my mid-20s And only two years ago was the first year Where, you know, my friends that are my age You know, mid-20s to early-30s Were not allowed to be a part of the Easter egg hunt it's devastating um, Because there are, like, actual like, younger children now involved So we were, like, gutted I still, I'm still sad about it I to this be day Because I want to be a part of an Easter egg hunt again But hey, maybe that's what we need to do A church Easter egg hunt for, like, mid-20s to thir- early-30-year-olds
0: Come on. Come on. Let's just speak that into existence. Pray that into existence, <laughs> church. Go. Full um, of faith. Full of faith. Full of faith and expectation. <laughs> well, talking about being full of faith and expectation, we're actually headed into um, the best part. Not Well, there's lots of amazing parts in our service, but this is certainly one of our favorites collectively, yeah. um, and that is our time to worship. So wherever you are, why don't you stand up that the person who's sitting on the couch right now, and you just kind of want to keep sitting there, I, I encourage you, please stand up. Let's lift our hands. Let's lean in. Turn up that speaker a little bit more, and let's worship.
2: church. Happy Easter. So glad that we can gather together today. Whether you're at a watch party or you are watching from home, you're watching online, maybe you're watching on demand later in the day. Listen, we are glad to have you with us. Hope you've had a great Easter so far. Maybe you've gone on an Easter egg hunt. Maybe you ate chocolate for breakfast. Uh, Maybe you had someone uh, wake you up saying, he is risen and expected you to say back, He is risen indeed. But listen, we have so much to celebrate on this Easter Sunday. So if you're watching right now online, why don't you just throw Happy Easter in the chat? Maybe a He is risen in there. Uh, Let us know where you're tuning in from and feel free to also click the invite button that's popping up. It is not too late to invite someone today to join us for Easter in this celebration. Listen, if you've never tuned in before, maybe this is your first time, maybe you're like, I want to get involved or I have some questions about what's going on here at Slate Church. There's also a connect button that's popping up. Click on that, fill in a connect card online, and we would love to be in touch with you just to be able to answer any of your questions and uh, just get to know you a little bit more. But hey, wherever you are, why don't you stand to your feet? We are going to celebrate, we are going to sing, and we are going to worship God together.
3: Come well, on, everyone! So excited to worship together. Happy Easter! Let's just put our hands together. I saw Satan fall like lightning, and I saw darkness run for cover. But the. I believe in signs and wonders, and I have resurrection power, yes I do, but still the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven, and all my praise belongs to you forever, come on sing this out, this is my testimony from death to life, because grace rewrote my story I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified this is my testimony this is my testimony oh, oh, oh. Bought with blood and washing water. We'll sing the praises of the Spirit, Son and Father. Our God will finish what He started. Do you believe that our God will finish what He started? Oh, this is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify. Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony. This
4: is my testimony.
3: not done. When, for when Jesus rose from the dead. It means when D- Jesus died on the cross and he went well, into him and then three days later he got resurrected. And when um, on Easter day my mom gets an Easter bag, basket and she puts it on the couch.
0: That is a lot of things and they all sound so fantastic. Thank you so much.
3: Hey, do you like Easter? What's your favorite part?
1: the eggs. Yeah,
0: that's pretty fun. And what about the chocolate? Do you
1: get to eat the chocolate too? Yeah, that's my favorite part too. Spencer, what does it mean to you? Searching uh, the eggs. Easter
4: eggs.
0: Easter eggs. Yeah. Did you guys get to do an Easter egg hunt?
4: Uh, I think we're gonna do one on Sunday.
0: Oh, fun. Um, what about you?
4: Um, then we have the
5: meals like chicken and.
0: Nice. Yeah, A I nice did. Easter meal yeah. with the family?
5: Yep.
0: That's really good. Thanks, guys.
5: And Are you a, talking about Easter eggs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whites is an Easter egg.
1: <laughs> no jokes, okay, Theo? <laughs> That's a funny thing. And
3: Jesus died on the cross,
1: and what does that mean for us?
3: Does it show that he loves us? Yeah. Yeah. Love's pretty powerful, isn't it? Cool. Yeah. Do you love Jesus? Yeah, me too.
1: What else happens at Easter? Jesus died on the cross. Jesus is a brother.
4: When Jesus died on the cross, he was alive, then he dies all over again. No, he doesn't. Okay, he didn't do that. He's already in heaven. (laughs) And cut.
3: All right, everyone, I'm going to be reading from Acts 4, verses 32 to 33. And it says, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them.
2: we can sing today about Jesus's resurrection from the grave that he conquered death you know there's a lot going on right now in Ontario there's a lot going on right now in this pandemic there's a lot going on maybe there's a lot going on in your life personally but you know what we actually are victorious because Jesus rose from the grave. We actually get to celebrate today. We actually get to praise God for who He is and what He did for each and every one of us. You know, we're coming alongside people in our Slate Church community who are thanking God for a lot of big things, exciting things this week. Someone's thankful uh, for the relationship that they've been able to build with their roommate. Someone's thanking God that their, refri- that their friend is receiving a brace to be able to assist with walking. Someone's thankful that their friend had a successful second double lung transplant and for the way that God works miracles. Come on, that's amazing. Someone's thankful for amazing people that they've been connected with here at Slate. Someone's thankful for the nicer weather. I feel that. I will second that. Someone is thankful that they are starting an internship soon. You know, there's so many things that we can be thankful for. So let's make sure today we are thanking God for what he's doing in our lives and for who he is to us but, you know, there's also things that we're praying for. And I love that we can come to God, that we can come to Christ with our prayer requests, with our needs, with our concerns, with the things that are on us. And we don't have to carry them ourselves. We can actually trust them to a God who is active in our lives. Today, we're praying for someone's friend who was diagnosed with cancer last year. They're going uh, undergoing treatment. I love how we just saw a miraculous cancer praise report and believing that for that, too, for this friend. We're praying for someone who's dealing with an unknown abdominal pain that stumped the doctors. We're praying for provision for an apartment for somebody. Praying for someone who's looking to sell their house that's been on the market for a while. Hey, I'm sure in this community you can find someone looking to buy that. Listen, we're praying for someone who's struggling with a lot of anxiety. But what this year looks like, we're praying for teachers and the unknown that is to come this year. We're praying that someone would find hope and strength in Christ praying someone we'll be able to stay connected with their friends, praying for renewed family relationships. You know, really, these prayer requests represent things all across the board. But we actually get to worship and praise him. So today, why don't we just pray together, wherever you are, whatever your need is. I want to include you in this prayer. Let's pray, church. Jesus, thank you so much that our hope can be in you that we can praise you, that we can turn to you, that we don't have to carry these things on our own. And today, God, we pray for supernatural healing, Lord. We pray for abdominal pain and cancer diagnoses and anxiety and and, and troubles and ailments of the body, God, that they would just be gone right now in Jesus' name, that you would do miraculous things today, Lord. We know you are a miracle-working God. We pray for situations of unknown and fear and uncertainty, God, for for physical, things like houses selling and for people looking to buy houses, God. We just pray that you would walk with us and be with us in every situation, Lord. We leave these in your hands. We praise you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's continue to worship. that we get to just come together and talk about giving today, talk about generosity uh, as well here at Slate Church. You know, every single week we talk about generosity because we believe that God wants generosity for you, not just generosity from you. You know, I've been reading this week about, uh, in Luke 22, I've really been reading all week about Jesus' road to the cross and his resurrection, these sorts of things. And I was struck by Luke 22, when Jesus is in the garden, when Jesus is... um, when Jesus is pray, uh, praying to the Father in the garden before he is uh, brought out, basically taken to his death, taken to trial. And he's saying, God, you know, if you, if you could take this from me, please take it from me. But he says this line, he says, but not my will, but yours be done. You see, I love the example that we actually see in Jesus every step of the way, but here specifically, that Jesus understood what, what would be happening and what was to come and he still surrendered, and he still gave himself up to the will of the Father. You see, I think it's important that we recognize that we are going to have our own emotions, that we're gonna have our own feelings, that we're gonna have our own thoughts, that we have our own choices. But we also have the choice to say, God, I am going to surrender, I am gonna release my desires to you. And this also includes our finances. And there is something powerful when we can actually release our finances to God. We can actually release and say, listen, God, not my will with my finances, with my stuff, with my money, with everything I've got going on, but yours be done. And and one way we can do that is, is by tithing, by giving back to God, to his church out of what he has given to us. And so this is an opportunity to do that. And if you call Slate Church home, we really want to encourage you. There's lots of ways you can give online, text to Todd, direct deposit. They're coming up on the screen. You're going to see them there. Why don't you check out different ways you can give and just see what a blessing it is to be able to say, God, this is yours. I'm giving this back to you. Why don't we pray for our giving today? Jesus, I thank you that we get to give, God. You know, I pray right now that this would not be a burden because we actually get to surrender to you and trust you with our finances, and there is so much freedom in that. There is so much blessing in that. So God, we pray you would take this money today, what comes in, and use it to build your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, as I mentioned earlier, and as of course you know, today is Easter Sunday, and we have for you an Easter devotional. This is a great chance for you just to read Be encouraged, just be inspired uh, uh, with this devotional. And you can go to slatechurchcom slash Easter and you will see it there. There's a three-part devotional and we would love for you to read it. We would love for you to enjoy it. I mean, I wrote it, so I'd really love for you to enjoy it and read it. Um, But it's just a great resource for you to be encouraged this Easter weekend. And don't just hold it to yourself. Pass it on to somebody else that would just be encouraged by the words written there and by what you see in that devotional. Listen, starting next week, You are not going to want to miss us for our Revival Rumblings Heart for the House series that is starting, as I said, next week. So make sure you're tuning in, check it out, let people know about what's happening, share on social media, because we have Revival Rumblings, which is full of vision, and we are sorting through and working through all of the vision that God is giving Brandon and myself and our staff and all of our leaders and everything like that. We are working through that. We are bringing so much vision, so don't miss a week. And then on May 2nd, we have our Heart for the House, is our once a year above and beyond giving, where we just say, hey, we are putting a stake in the ground. We are putting an investment here, and I can't wait to see what God's going to do with that. You know, if you have a story about how God has worked in your finances, how God's worked in your life, let us know. Go and email my story at Slaychurch.com. We would love to just be able to tell your story and what that looks like. So if you're feeling like, hey, I've got a story of how, you know, I'm out of debt, or I've gotten into this house, or God's worked in this way, I've just seen the blessing of my life from being able to be uh, uh, be sacrificial in my giving, why don't you go and email right now at SlateChurch.com and we'd love to chat with you and see what that looks like. Awesome. Well, listen, lots going on, lots coming out. Fill out a connect card, join a team, join and follow us on social media, all of these things. So you know what's happening here at Slate Church, but it's my privilege right now to pass it over to Pastor Nate for our word of the week. So check this out.
5: Well, hey, I'm excited to be bringing us our word of of the week on this Easter Sunday. And our word this week is passion. I think a lot of us probably hear that word and we're like, wait, isn't this segment supposed to be like confusing or like dense theological words? Like, why are we talking about the word passion? Like, I know what that is. That's some steamy romance. Maybe I think about that as like my career aspirations and what I want to do with my life. Like, I get passion. But this word actually has this other meaning when it comes to this Easter season. Uh, Oftentimes the season is called the passion season. We talk about the passion of the Christ. It was a movie a little while ago. Uh, And even this past Friday in our Good Friday service, we sang a song called The Passion that talks about the passion of our Savior. And uh, I think even then we might think, okay, so we're talking about the events of Easter, Jesus' death and resurrection. Like, yeah, he's passionate about us. That's why we say that. Uh, But there's actually this deeper meaning for this word passion in this context. Uh, The root of this word is actually to suffer. It talks about suffering. Suffering. And when we talk about Jesus' passion and we talk about him enduring the pain and suffering that he endured uh, leading up to the cross, we're not talking about some cheap desire. We're not talking about something that can be compared with our personal career goals or something like that. But we're talking about a passion that is representative of Christ's will to go through betrayal, to go through heartache, to go through spears and whips and death on a cross and taking on sin and separating from the father so that he could actually defeat death he could rise again and through his victory we could have a more abundant life in him that's what we're talking about when you hear this word passion thrown around at easter and i think it's important for us to not cheapen it down to maybe what our modern definitions are but to actually understand the weight and the depth of christ's sacrifice and of the season that we're in Well, hey, I'm excited to dive even deeper into this story of Easter, into this good news of Jesus. So why don't you get a notebook out, uh, lean in, get ready for God to speak something to you, and uh, join me in welcoming Pastor Brandon as he delivers our message this morning.
6: Thank you, Nate. Uh, There's some small claps happening in the studio. Actually, Nate... uh, I just realized I want to do like a who wore it better. You should come back here away from me. Look at this guy's ankles in these shoes. I thought I was the only one. I don't even know if the cameras can pick this up, but I thought I was the only one that could rock it. Nate is basically wearing capris. And uh, I think it looks pretty good. Okay, now get away from me because you're getting within six feet. Okay. Anyway, what a way to start an Easter message, and that's uh, a little taste of things to come, maybe. But uh, listen, Easter Sunday, it's like one of the best Sundays of the entire year. And I think that some churches treat it like it's a Super Bowl Sunday, like this is where everybody's going to get saved, everything else. And of course, this is a big Sunday for us, but it's also um, just a regular Sunday at the same time. What we can expect out of this Sunday, we should be expecting... Every Sunday, because the truth of today applies to our entire lives. We don't have to wait for big moments like this to have our spirits lifted up, but we can actually expect what's happening uh, all throughout the year because of what Jesus has done for us. And so, if you're new to Slate Church, I just want to uh, welcome you. My name is Brandon. I'm one of the lead pastors here, alongside my wife Emma, who you've already seen on screen, and uh, she's great. and And we love pastoring Slate Church. We love you guys. And if you're tuning in for the first time, we just wanna welcome you. Maybe you're at one of our watch parties. Thank God that these can still happen in the midst of new lockdown orders here in Ontario. We're really thankful for that. But we just want to welcome anybody who's new. And maybe you're going like, I'm the last person that I thought would be in church. Uh, This church is for you. There's no judgment based on your experience in church. You don't have to play the part. Nobody here is perfect. And we're just so glad that you would join us. And today we're going to talk about what Easter is all about. So if you're coming to church this Sunday and you've been faking it or maybe faking it for a little while, whatever else, you don't have to worry. We're going to go over what the Easter message is all about right now. You see, within Christianity, what we believe is that at one point in history, we sinned and separated ourselves from God. Now, we usually blame this on a couple of people named Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve are uh, to blame for all the sin and everything else, but the truth is we know that it's our human condition that when we are placed in a condition, where we could choose other than God, we did that and thus sin entered the world. Now God was so good that he actually put another plan in place to bring us back into relationship with him and Jesus dying on the cross, a perfect man dying on a cross for our sins, imperfect people was that way to bring humanity back into relationship with Jesus. And so we, we celebrate on Easter Sunday because while on Friday we celebrated Jesus' death on the cross that paid the price for our sins, on Easter Sunday we celebrate the fact that he didn't stay in the tomb, he didn't stay dead, but he is in fact risen again. In fact, when I say he is risen, everyone else says? That's right. And so if you're watching uh, online, you know that we already did this in our online Pre chat, and if you don't show up early for our online uh, 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 services, you should definitely do that. But he is risen indeed, and that's what gives us the hope to actually live it out. Now, the message I want to speak today is actually out of Luke chapter 20. Four, Luke is a doctor, he's meticulous, he wants to recount the the story of Jesus in a meticulous way, it's how his mind works. And so everything he's teaching us all throughout his book about Jesus' life and all all that he did or began to do while he was here on earth, all of that is recorded to give us a bit of an inside look and a specific look at who Jesus was and what he was all about. We're gonna read his account in Luke chapter 24, and as we go through it, I want to do two different things today. Because it's Easter Sunday, and because I know there's a many of you that are tuning in or you're at a watch party, and maybe you're still skeptical of who Jesus is, not only do I want to preach, quote-unquote preach, out of the passage that I'm about to read, but I also want to give you some reasons and evidences why I believe that what happened on Easter Sunday is something that we can uh, truly put our lives in and on as we come into this. You know... When it comes to Jesus um, uh, raising, uh, being uh, uh, risen from the dead, one of the things that we need to understand right off the top is that Christianity is different than every other religion in this. While every other religion asks something from us, Christianity says that God did it all for us. See, this is one of the most important things that we need to understand. What, what is different between Christianity and Jesus rise, raising again from the dead and, 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 and uh, being resurrected? Why does that matter? Because at the end of the day, when you trace every religion back to its roots, most religions say that you need to do something in order to, in order to receive the end result of something. Even when it comes to uh, a religion that has no Messiah, something like Buddhism, it requires you to uh, uh, to not desire anything in this world, so you can finally find your sta- yourself in a state of Nirvana, and therefore your actions is how you get to. Nirvana, the end state. No matter what religion you look at, there's always a sacrifice involved to, be, to appease the quote-unquote God so that we can be accepted by the quote-unquote God. Whereas Christianity teaches us that we don't do anything to be accepted by God, but we accept what God did for us. Now, this is, this is why the message of Jesus is so scandalous, because Christianity teaches that anybody can come and anybody can be saved if we are willing to accept that Jesus paid the price for our sins. It's scandalous in that it's so simple. This is one of the reasons that Jesus says, hey, some people won't believe in this message because it's too simple. It, it, it will become a stumbling block to the smart, Jesus says. And so this is one of the things that we look at in, uh, it, it, when it comes to the story of Jesus. Now, I want to go through some of the reasons why Jesus is who he says he is, because when it comes to the message of Jesus, as C.S. Lewis says, you can only receive Jesus as either liar, lunatic, or Lord. You cannot be somewhere in the middle, because if you think that you're somewhere in the middle and you just want Jesus to be a good moral teacher, or you just want to think, well, Jesus was a good man, sure, he was a historical figure, and he taught a lot of good stuff, and you know that's really good that some people believe in him. The truth is, is that that's not an option. When we look at what, Christianity, what what Christians have done in the wake of Jesus, if he was just a good moral teacher, you cannot excuse what Christianity has done in the wake of that. Because Christianity has taken a lot of money from people. Christianity has done a lot of feats. Christianity has built nations. Christianity has done all of these different things. And if that has happened because of somebody that claimed they were God but really wasn't, that's actually just lunacy. The fact that anybody would die for this man is lunacy. So either you have to put him in the, in the, car, the, the category that he is a, is, a, is a complete lunatic, or he was lying about everything that he said, or that he's truly Lord. And hopefully here today that we can come to a bit more of an understanding of what that looks like. Sarah's story today is based on Jesus um, coming, uh, coming alive after being put in the grave. And, and uh, you know, I, I have an affinity for this story because Many of you know that before I was ever a pastor, I was a grave digger. And uh, by grave digger, I mean I literally did, dug graves by hand. Um, I was, uh, lived in a small town, uh, and in my small town, outside of that small town, there was another small town called Baltimore. And in Baltimore, they had this little cemetery, and their fear was if they brought in a, uh, a machine to dig the graves, that they would somehow cave in the graves that were around it which was comforting when you're the one digging the graves. And so they handed me a shovel, and they handed me a stake with a marker on it as to how, uh, how deep I was to dig these graves. And so I go to the graveyard with a little piece of paper that my supervisor, who was probably not qualified to do this either, uh, had drawn on a little plot. This is where you're going to do it. Measure this far from this grave, this far from this grave, and then take your little shovel, and then you're supposed to... Um, You're supposed to dig out this grave. Now, I didn't do it alone, but I am telling this story as if I did it alone because I pretty much did it alone. I did this with my brother, and he essentially watched me dig graves for an entire summer and got paid for it, and I still haven't let that go. Sorry, Taylor. But I have an affinity for grace because I was in them, and I can tell you that at most cemeteries there is no there is no place for joy like like most most cemeteries are not a place people come to celebrate they they, they come there to grieve now a good life can be celebrated absolutely, but there is the the, the you know On the odd occasion that I'd actually have to fill in the grave, it was quite a sad thing. I'd have to wait off in the distance because nobody wants to see the person covering up the grave at their family member's funeral. And be waiting there watching these people weep and mourn and everything else. And I'd have to come in and take a scoop full of dirt and throw it on an empty, not on an empty casket, uh, that's reserved for this story. But I'd throw it on the casket and you hear the thump. And another one. And a thumb. See, these aren't places that you go to celebrate usually, but this is a place that you come to grieve. And it says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman, Jesus, uh, uh, cl- some of Jesus' closest followers were the woman that this passage is talking about, took spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. What? to finish the burial ceremonies, to actually go and grieve the loss of somebody they had been following for three years who they thought was the savior of the world and now he's been crucified and they don't know what to do and so they go to the tomb to grieve. The first thing I wanna mention is that it's on the first day of the week that they show up to go to the tomb. See, God will show up in the ordinary in so many different ways. So this was just an ordinary day. It was an ordinary burial ceremony. Sure, he was a famous person while he was here on earth. Sure, they thought that he was, he was more than that. But all of a sudden, here we have a normal burial ceremony with normal spices and a normal way they would do things on the first day of the week. And yet that's when God changes everything. See, I wonder for you, watching today, if today maybe is just another ordinary day for you, you woke up, you had the same breakfast, and we're back in lockdown, things are ordinary. I wonder if today, something that was ordinary could actually become extraordinary because of the resurrection of Jesus' reality that can actually consume your life in a very, very positive way. You see, when Jesus interrupts the ordinary, all of a sudden, anything is possible. I've experienced this many different times in my life, and I think some of us would understand moments where all of a sudden an ordinary moment became an extraordinary moment. And I remember this when I was called up. I was uh, on, on, a, on a, a, a select hockey team, and the rep hockey team, which was above ours, uh, had called me up to the hockey team. That was extraordinary. And I remember being on the bench, And it's a a power play, which means our team has five players, the other team has four. And so you send out your best players when it's in that situation so that you can go score a goal. Well, while I'm sitting on the bench, the coach says, hey, Richardson, get out there. Now, I'm a call up. There's no reason I should be going out there. And so I'm just sitting there like, there must be another Richardson on this team I'm I'm unaware of because there's no way he's going to send me out on the ice. Well, this coach turns and he says, Richardson, get out there. And And I go, what, what? And he says, Richardson, get out there. And I look at him and I go, are you talking to me? And he and he yells at me. He says, yes, you little turd muncher, get out there. And I go, what just happened? Like, Are you allowed to call a 12-year-old kid that? Like, and I'm like, get out on the ice. And I totally forget about the insult because it's extraordinary. I get to go out on the ice. I'm like, don't even know what I'm doing because I'm like, this isn't my team. I don't know how I'm out there. And all of a sudden, in an ordinary moment, become extraordinary for this 12-year-old. 12 year old little boy. Listen, I'm telling you, the moment that you accept Jesus' reality into your life, ordinary moments become extraordinary. Amidst the insults of life and the things that happen to us and the things that would seek to tear us down, we get to live an extraordinary life because of what Jesus has done in us. Even in the midst of a province-wide lockdown, you can have peace internally because you know who Uh, Who really rules the world. Come on. The ordinary becoming extraordinary. Well, one of the other things that I love about this passage, and it speaks to the legitimacy of Christ, is that the entire message of Jesus' resurrection, and can I remind you, if you didn't already know, can I inform you, if you really didn't know, that the resurrection is the key in whether or not Jesus is who he said that he is. Because a guy that says he's great and dies is a great man and potentially a moral teacher that died. (laughs) But somebody who claimed they were God and would raise again from the dead, that is something entirely different altogether. And we'll come to that reason even again in in a little bit. But the entire thing, the entire Christian religion hinges on the resurrection. And who gets the first story of the resurrection? But second-class citizens in the Greco-Roman world. Now, that's not my words, okay? there are historians that would recount the privileges that women did not have. And one of the privileges that women did not have in the Greco-Roman world at this time was they could not offer a testimony before the court. So if you're trying to prove something and you're in a court case, you, must, you are not allowed to take the testimony of a woman. And you know, what does Jesus do? He stakes his entire resurrection, the entire narrative of why, we're, why we should believe in him on women, What a beautiful thing where the unreliable witnesses become the reliable witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the reason I say all of this is because if Christians were trying to make this up, they should not have told their story from the perspective of woman coming to the tomb and finding Jesus for the first time and that tomb being empty. See, they would have known that a testimony of a woman would not have held up during this time period, and yet here they are recording it time and time again in the Gospels, three different accounts, where all four different accounts, rather, where all of a sudden women find the empty tomb, and that is the statement, the testimony, on which they build their entire case of the resurrection. How beautiful is that? See, if we're trying to make this thing up, it's a terrible place to start. It says, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Come on, is it, doesn't that make you so excited? They did not find the body of Jesus. While they were wondering this, about this, it says, a woman are there, they're wondering about this. It says, Suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. Now, this interesting thing about two men is actually also important for us. Because in three different accounts of the Gospels, they recount that there's uh, all of them have different amounts of and we know these are angels not just men right that there is different amounts of angels at the tomb now this is another reason people will say well look even within scriptures they can't get their story straight now what we do know is that the different perspectives of what the angels were saying is why they reference or likely reference the different number uh, number of angels present at the tomb But again, this is actually more evidence as to why Christianity wasn't just made up in a room of people that wanted to dupe the world because within our scriptures, I'm so thankful that there are minor imperfections because the grand narrative is actually more important than the the minute details of things that happen. If they were trying to pull the wool over everybody's eyes, they would have made sure that all of their statements light up exactly no matter when they were put in or at least when they put and bound the Bible together, they would have said, Hey, let's just change those things to make sure that they line up so that nobody asks this question. But the reason that, or the, the fact that it's in there proves is another, um, another uh, amount of proof that they weren't trying to dupe anybody. They were just telling the story as they remembered it. And the thing is, is that I experience this every time I'm with my grandparents, my poppy or my nanny. They're from Newfoundland, and that's why I call them Poppy and Nanny. My Poppy or my Nanny will be telling a story, and the other one will be interrupting them with facts. You've ever been around some older people that do this with one another? Sorry, Nanny and Poppy. But they'll be telling this great story about something really great that happened. Then all of a sudden, one will chime in and will be like, Was that in 1964, or wasn't that in 1965? And you're just sitting, listening to them tell a story, and you're just like, Just get to the main point. It does not matter to me. I just want to know what happened. know from the recording is they were just trying to pen the story of what actually happened they weren't caught up in the detail of was there two was there one was there three what they're trying to say is that the angels at the tomb said that Jesus was not in there and the narrative is is that Jesus is resurrected they're not trying to pull the wool over people's eyes they're trying to tell the most important part of the story that deserves a clap it's getting a clap because that gets me excited Still got a little bit of time. It says that their clothes gleamed like lightning. They stood beside them in their fright. The women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? What a statement. They said, He is not here. He has risen. He is risen. He is not here. You say they come to the tomb but then they're met with the testimony. Today, are you are you, are you saddened by the tomb or are you encouraged by the testimony of our Lord Jesus Christ? Listen, all around the world, there is reasons to be upset with what is going on, but we know that we can put our hope in Jesus because while the, while the, the tomb might make us sad, the testimony of what Jesus has done can make our hearts glad. Yeah, well, Says, they said, he is not here, he is risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. See, I love this. Jesus already told them, listen, I'm going to die, but then I'm going to be raised to life again. I love it because all of his followers, all of the Jewish people that were waiting on the Messiah were waiting for the Messiah to deliver them from the Roman hands. They, they, as Jews, they wanted to come out from under the oppression of the Romans. They were under the oppression of the Romans for quite some time at this period. And even prior to that, they were under the oppression of other empires. And they were waiting for a Messiah to come and actually deliver them from the hands of Rome. They wanted Jesus to come and defeat Rome. But I'm so thankful that Jesus didn't just come to defeat Rome, but he actually came with another plan to actually defeat death. Come on, it's a bigger story than a lot of us are yearning for today. In the midst of a lockdown, I think we need to talk about this because for some of us, we want God to put an end to a lockdown. When Jesus is saying, hey, I've already done something greater than that, I came to put an end to death. I actually came to put an end to the thing that is most important. And I didn't just come to defeat political things. I came to defeat death itself. So the disciples were looking for a victory over Rome while Jesus was declaring a victory over death. Amen. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Sometimes we just need somebody to speak God's truth back to us, to remember the things that Jesus has said. You don't need to be so upset that sometimes you forget. Sometimes we need to just get in the presence of somebody else who can hold that faith for us so we can lean in again. It says, when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told the apostles, but they did not believe the woman. (laughs) Men can be so silly. But sometimes we need to understand that it's those looking for Jesus are the ones that are actually going to find their strength in him. See, the women were the ones with the strength and, the, and the, the foresight to actually go look for Jesus. The men are cowering in a room. You notice that the woman had to go back to the men that had locked themselves inside a room to tell them of the good news that Jesus was resurrected again. It's interesting that those that go searching for Jesus find their strength in him. The strength to go back and tell others, hey, look what we found. The result of finding Jesus is the strength to go tell others that we found Jesus. It says, because of their words, it seemed to them like nonsense. But Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. See, there's another evidence here that one of the big things that people say and said even at the time for the reason why Jesus didn't raise it, uh, uh, resurrect was because they said that grave robbers likely came and they took him. And the most interesting thing about that is they recount in detail that there were strips of linen still there. All of the strips of linen, the hundred pounds of strips of linen, were still in the tomb. So I don't know about you, but Most criminals that I've watched, uh, you know, documentaries or whatnot, don't take the time to fold up linens on their way out of stealing somebody that's dead, (laughs) just to prove a point. But here we have that these, uh, Peter runs back to the grave and he finds the strips of linen. But you know the, probably the most compelling reason of all that Jesus really rose again from the grave was that we have historical evidence not just from the Bible, but actual actual historical evidence from historians at the time that 10 out of the 11 disciples, one of them wasn't crucified or wasn't killed for their faith, but 10 out of the 11 were actually killed for the faith that they put in Jesus that he actually rose again from the grave. And I need to remind you that these guys aren't courageous individuals in and of themselves. They were previously just hiding in a room behind a locked door that the woman had to come and go tell them that Jesus had rose. So, so we know that these aren't just um, uh, strong men that came out of nowhere and, and they just had this abnormal strength that could endure anything even for a lie. We know that they're actually quite cowardice in the fact that they need to hide away. They want to hide away. Their natural aptitude is to be scared of the crowds when Jesus is being crucified on the cross and they scatter and they hide. So why all of a sudden would 10 men go to their deaths with a lie? One of them boiled in fat to death on the island. I'm gonna screw the name up, so I'm just gonna say on an island. (laughs) Peter Hung upside down because he did not want to be hung on a cross in the same way of Jesus, he told them to put the cross upside down because he did not count it worthy to die in the same way of Jesus. Hung upside down, a crucifixion, upside down. 10 out of the 11 disciples become martyrs. And I can tell you this, that it was not because of a lie that these 10 men died, but they had seen the resurrected Lord themselves and they could not hide the excitement and the joy and what it meant for humanity and the sins of humanity and the destructiveness of humanity and they knew that the message going out was more important than their lives because this was the answer of for all humanity's problems till the end of time wow. Wow. It says that peter goes away wondering to himself what had happened i wonder today if you would walk away with wonder To the Christian that is listening to me, you've already called upon the name of Jesus. I want to encourage you that the moment the women find out that Jesus rose again from the grave is the moment that they ran to go tell other people. We need to understand that this message is meant to do something within our innermost being where we don't just leave it with us and the miraculous power just sits with us to comfort us in the midst of difficult seasons. But the natural response of somebody that gets this message inside of them is to run and take it to those who need it most those who are cowering, those who are scared. You see, Peter, he goes and he makes something of it. The church is built on Peter because when people are transformed by the message of Jesus and the joy of Jesus, they can't help but spread the joy of Jesus. They can't help but share the joy of Jesus. For the Christian watching today, I would ask you this question. When is the last time you have shared the good news of Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection? And if it's been a while, I would ask, have you been reflecting actually on the goodness of Christ or have you forgotten the price at which you were bought and your sins were paid for? But maybe you're watching today and you never made that decision to follow Jesus and you're hearing this message and maybe it's leaving you a little bewildered this morning, a little bit caught in wonder. See, I'm doing my best job in limited time because... Well, I was going to say that there's a few Christians here that need to get to Swish LA, but it sounds like that's actually not allowed to happen. <laughs> what a sad Easter. The Christians can't go to Swish LA. Another thought for another day. But in the limited time together, the reason I'm doing all of this is because the truth is, is that I myself even while at times thinking I'm calling upon the name of Jesus, especially in my youth, allowed my mind to wander to all these different places and it came back void. There's so many people in our church with stories of actually going to pursue that empty part of themselves and trying to find pleasure and fulfillment and something to fill that void in all these other places. And the truth is, is that I'm not not mad at anybody. I'm just super passionate about delivering something that has meant so much to me and so much to the people that maybe invited you to this or you're sitting around right now that we would take the time to present this to you to say, listen, it isn't actually that complicated. Churches are notorious for overcomplicating the gospel and and, and, and oversimplifying your life. We know that you have a very complicated life. This life is messy. And that's why Jesus came with a very simple message. Believe in me and you shall be saved. So if today you're left wondering, my encouragement to you is the same encouragement we read in the book of Romans, which just says that whoever believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord will be saved, will spend eternity with him, which means we are all immortal beings. We do die in this life. This body passes away, but eternity continues, and where you spend eternity matters. And so my encouragement to you today is to call upon the name of Jesus, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. If you wanna make that decision right now online, if you're watching live, you can actually click a little button. It says, raise my hand. It's just indicating what's going on inside of you right now. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no matter where you find yourself, I ask that you would raise a hand wherever you, just so that it's between you, you and God and what's happening inside is actually quite important. Because this is just externalizing something that's actually happening internally right now. If you want to make that decision to follow Jesus, I just ask that you would raise your hand and that you would allow me to pray for you. Jesus, I pray for everybody making a decision to follow you right now, that God, they would find hope and peace and encouragement and joy in your presence in making this decision. God, may they understand that while life around them may not change, in fact, there might be an aspect where the world actually dislikes them more because you they follow you and believe in you. And for some of us, if we were to get real, it's not that we don't wanna believe in you, we're sometimes afraid of what the people around us might think of we make the decision to start following you, whatever that looks like, and so it keeps us from you. But God, even in the midst of all of that, while it might not change, we know that your presence will go with us, that you will be inside of us, and that you will fill us. And so God, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus right now that anybody making that decision will be filled with your presence in your name. And everybody said, amen. Church, right before we begin to worship again, can I just pray for you? I want to pray for anybody that's having a hard time experiencing this joy of their their salvation right now or anybody that's having a hard time actually communicating this gospel because we know that we don't just receive it to sit on it. And in fact, it shouldn't be years between the times in which we share it. It should be moment by moment, encounter by encounter, that we are preaching the words of Jesus both through the way we live our lives and the words we speak so that a world may know that a Savior that has died for them and desperately loves them and loves them so much to do something that would be brought, bring them back in relationship with them. I want to pray for you. Jesus, today on Resurrection Sunday, we pray, Lord, that you would fill us with the hope that those early disciples felt when they realized that the tomb was empty. God, there was a period of time where they just did not know. They thought they heard some words from you, but they just weren't so sure. God, today may the reality of the resurrection wake us up so we might go out and do the same works as these early followers of you, where they went out and they spread across the world and they spread the message of Jesus and they weren't afraid to say it. They didn't just show it in, in, in deed, but they showed it with their words as well. They spoke at it out with boldness and the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, I pray today that we would get an, a, an encounter with you that would cause us to push us past our own comfort and actually reach others with the good news of Jesus Christ. Pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, come on, can we stand up and just begin to celebrate all that God has done and begin to worship him with everything that we have.
0: Church, we're gonna sing a new song today. If you've never heard it before, why don't you just take in and listen to these lyrics
7: as we remember Jesus. Your body, the wine, your blood, sweet communion. You set a table for us. The crucified Jesus, no greater love than the bread, your body, than the wine, your blood. Say, oh. Closer than we've ever been. Oh, oh, oh. we will remember. Oh, yes we will. Holes in your hand, holes in your side. together Say, oh, oh, oh we will remember oh, oh Jesus our Savior oh just to know you and your suffering just to get us closer than we've ever been
2: What an amazing worship song, what a great message, what a a fantastic Easter, really. And listen, if you were one of those people who just made a decision that, hey, I want to follow Jesus, I just want to say congratulations. It's really the best decision you could make. And I want to encourage you right now, fill out a Connect card, slatechurch.com. Fill out a Connect card there. We would love to be in touch with you. We would love to just be able to answer any questions you might have or anything like that. Um, so fill that out. And also, something that you can do is to, to take your next step here at Slate Church is to join us for something called Next Steps. So it will just be for a few minutes after right after this service ends. And uh, you can just jump on that call. It's just a Zoom call with a couple of people, uh, a couple of leaders in the church. You can get to know them. Ask any questions you might have. Or if you're at a watch party, that'll be happening live right after the service now. So listen, we want to encourage you. Have a great Easter. Eat lots of chocolate. Enjoy it. Have a great time with whatever you're doing and wherever you are at. Happy Easter.
4: Boop,